Hey, security peeps, we are live again, episode 14. This is nuts. Three and a half months of hanging out with these guys. Yes. I am Renee Small from Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I have literally my favorite people here. We would have had three Chris's, but one, as usual, drops off all the time. <laughs> we won't bash him heavy. Um, Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome people get into amazing opportunities and helping leaders hire wonderful talent like the three folks I have around me today. My co-host, Chris. Hey, everyone. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> Ron, Hacker Valley. Yes, thank you. Down. Ron Eddings from the Hacker Valley, co-host here. Also, by day, security architect at Paul Alto Networks. Chris Roberts, the infamous. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, when you tell me to say my... My co-host, employable co-host. I'm like, I'm not really employable. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Most companies are like, you won't get past HR. This shit ain't gonna happen. <laughs> At least you know you, you don't have a purple beard right now, do you? No, no. I mean, it's 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 actually the gray. So it's colored a more like natural black, blackish, brownish, whatever the hell. It's going gray, and let's just put it that way. <laughs> But it yeah, will my son be... would not be happy about this. So funny uh, story. My son met Chris Roberts two the, two years ago because he's about to be yeah, nine. So he was yeah, seven. And he absolutely loved him. And he's like the dude with the blue beard. So if I bring him in here right now, he's going to be like, who's that? I'm like, That's <laughs> There's a, a really good. I was over in, um, where was I? I was over Q8 uh, last year, year before and stuff like that. And got to hang out with Dr. Reem. And I mean, she is freaking amazing. But her daughter, who is six, seven, eight years old, um, she's she has dubbed herself the cybersecurity queen. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and um, same it. thing. It was, I think it was like blue or purple or something like that. So, I mean, she was wearing a blue suit. I had the blue beard. We totally hit it off. Just freaking <laughs> of fun. It's all about the kids, Chris. You know, I you. mean, we're screwed as a generation we're screwed so i mean the question then becomes one of like okay how do we how do we influence that next generation i don't want everybody in this industry because this industry shouldn't be on its own what i want is everybody to think about how this industry affects what they're doing and then how they can be the ones that, that pick up the baton that looks basically we haven't just dropped we've thrown into the ocean at the deepest point possible Yes, we want to develop the security champions of the future. Exactly. Right. I mean that that's it. And and in, in such a way, you know, again, you know, we, what I want is to develop people who have that passion for this. You know, and it's and we talk about it from a recruitment standpoint, but it's I want people to have the passion. Yes, we have to have people to come in because it's a job, it's something they do, it's something that hopefully some people can put down at five, six, seven o'clock at night. But I, but the only way that we're going to change things in this industry is people who have a passion, let's be honest. So, so true. So we're letting Chris pick the topic for today, which in and of itself, it's going to be a surprise for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all waiting patiently. I'm going to shout out before Chris starts, I'm going to shout out some people because we always have an awesome group that comes on board. Claudia says, good morning. Jonathan Harris says, morning. Charles Caron just said, this is going to be so fun. Yes. Um, David DiPonzio said, now this is going to be a great combo. Good morning to George Muhammad. Ben says, happy Cheeks Calendar Friday, everyone. <laughs> um, so 
this is going to be fun. Chris is picking the topic. We have no idea what it is. It is a big surprise for all of us. I don't I know what that is. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it probably shouldn't be I what know. I was originally going to I mean, it was, I, I, I mean, okay, so actually, yeah, we will talk about this one. I don't want to, I mean, I do want to talk about castration in the industry and how some people do need to be taken out, have basically boat anchors tied to their man vegetables and tossed into the Mariana Trench. And by the way, if that person is watching, you know who I'm talking about. Um, I really want to know who this person is. Oh, we'll have a when we're not recording. <laughs> I think here's what I want to talk about, I, I, and and I think it's it comes into this because we have a we have a reasonably, we actually have a not a bad diverse group here, and that to me is key and critical on this whole thing. It's it, it isn't just opening throwing the welcome mat in and going hey everybody of you know race creed color orientation you know, eye color, pick, pick whatever the amount of limbs, everything else. It's keeping that freaking welcome mat down and it's making sure that those people can't just come into the industry, but we can retain them in this industry. And that I think is one of the biggest challenges we see. It's something I'm fighting at the moment. Rene, to your point about posts, I put one out a couple of days ago now about grooming in our industry how unfortunately some of the people at my level uh, who are influencers, who are people who are very well known in the industry kind of, you know, go, Hey, you know, come under my wing and I'll, I'll help you through this industry uh, with completely freaking ulterior motives. And that to me is almost like no different than grooming kids. Hi, little kitty. Let's, let me show you the world through my eyes and hey, creepy as, are we like to swear on this show? Yeah. <laughs> creepy as fuck. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Um, I, I'm still getting over the Tinkerers, not the Tinkerers event. I'm still getting over the security shit show that we do on Thursday night. So I'm still in that mentality of, of, of basically throwing Molotov cocktails at the industry. So I think that's it. It isn't just bringing people in. How do we police ourselves so that the people that are coming in are given the chance to succeed, given the chance to be not really protected, but at least made aware of the creeps that we have in the industry? That's so slimy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm. I decided to be a speaker coach, and um, for for an upcoming um, virtual con, and my speaker is talking about imagination, and part of their talk was on representation, and I'm like, when you're talking about representation, a lot of people can't imagine themselves in this industry, and that's what we need to change. We need to change people from thinking, oh, that's that's only a white male thing to, no, everyone can be in this industry. This industry started from women computing and showing men like this can be done by hand and eventually growing into computers. And then now we're like totally flip-flopped. And so, no, we have to enable that imagination from when they're a lot smaller um, when they're in elementary school, kindergarten, like they're growing up with technology. So they, they need to know how to secure it, how to secure themselves and how to be a, a good part of the industry. So how do you take someone under your wing or how do you also find someone to quote unquote, take you under the wing? Uh, kind of, how do you find mentors more specifically? What's your, what's your thought process on that, Chris? Uh, which Chris? <laughs> We've got the uh, you. On this one, yeah. <laughs> the hairy thing. 
<laughs> Third um, dragon. <laughs> the other one. Um, uh, so I'm, I mean, I'll get, I get uh, hit up on a fairly regular basis on LinkedIn by people like, hey, can you mentor me? Can you help me? I don't have enough time to mentor everybody I have. What I have is enough time to just be there for them. Mm-hmm. I have enough time to answer questions. I have not when people are like, hey, how do I get into this industry? I mean, so many people have done some amazing stuff. Joanna Udu, uh, Katia, uh, Katia, 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 mm-hmm. um, you know, Nickerson, myself. We've all put a bunch of stuff out there about how to break into this industry, how to get into you. I mean, uh, the three of you have put some amazing stuff out there about how to get in, how to break in, how to stay in this industry. So what I try to encourage people to do right off the bat is is not come like this and go, give me, but go out there, do the do the basics, and then come back and go, look, hey, I did A, B, and C. Give me some thoughts on D, E, and F. Right. No issues there. I can be there for so many more people doing that because it's not it, it's there almost as that safety net. Hey, I tried these six things. A couple words, a couple like, eh, I'm not too sure. What do you think above and beyond the difference? So I think that's one part. Um, there are mentor groups out there. I mean, you know, again, look at the three of you. You know, this is a podcast about this part of the industry. There are other groups out there. There's mentoring groups for women only. There's mentoring groups for color. There's mentoring groups for kids coming into this industry. I mean, we run it. You've got the Hack for Kids. You've got the DEFCON. You've got the Roots. You've got all these other things that are here to bring people in, let alone, I mean, almost every single B-sides. I mean, that's, I mean, you think right. about how many of those are there purely to go, come in, we are welcoming, we're a little strange, and there's a family who are about <laughs> as dysfunctional as it's possible to be, but we're here for you. And I think the avenues are there if people look for them. Now, the challenge, the, the big challenge, is how do you avoid, how do you find the right person? And maybe that's, maybe that's it. How do you find the right mentor and not the creep that's going to take you under the wing and groom mm-hmm. you for whatever the hell pleasure they want? And the thing about that, that the creep is that you don't know, especially as a young person, you, t- to your point with the grooming, like you have no idea. Um, I was telling one of my buddies this week about, we were talking about politics just as a whole. And I said, you know, I used to be so like passionate and I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of beaten down, but <laughs> I used to be so passionate when I was 17, 18 years old, you know, I worked at the local, um, you know, the local party's uh, little office and I was a poll worker and I, you know, like got, get out and vote and all these different things. And I said, what really turned me off was the creepy guy that was a guy, you know, politician, you know, go out there, smile, oh, I'm great. And then behind the scenes, just mm-hmm. total and complete creep. And every time somebody comes out and says something about either whoever, you know, these various people, I say to myself, could very, very easily be true because I was that 17, 18 year old person seeing this, you know, and then it's like, how are you 35 years old or however old you were, you know, the guy was, and you're hitting on the, inter- the, 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 the youngest person. And it's just, it's so creepy. It's so disgusting. And it completely turns people off. And it made me think about that. And that, you know, with, with your post and what you brought up about that, it makes me wonder, like, how many people are we turning off if they're like, I, I don't want to have anything to do with this? A lot. I'm I think we're turning a lot off. That's the problem. 
Yeah, when I first got my start in cybersecurity, I was uh, I had a few mentors, and one of my mentors took me under his wing, and he had me kind of recreating content. It was kind of borderline plagiarism, but I didn't at that point in my life and my career, I didn't know how to pivot to another resource, another person that can give me some solid advice that's not kind of crossing the line of ethics. What have you guys done to kind of pivot away from those types of people? to ensure that you're not going down that pat, bad path of being turned on. I, I'm sure it was like this for you, Renee, uh, when you were looking at politics. Did you pivot and seek other help? Did you kind of go to other resources? What happened there? <laughs> what happened there is <laughs> just completely... You got out. It wasn't, for me, it was more of, it wasn't like, I, w- I didn't plan to like t- go to school for political science or anything like that. It was more of, you know, you're a young person, you're passionate. It was like my first, I grew up in New York. My first um, campaign was, I, I, I think the first um, person who was running for mayor, it was Mayor Bloomberg running for mayor, I think at that mm. time. Um, was the first like vote, the first time I went to vote as like an eighteen or eighteen or nineteen year old, and it was just so exciting to be able to go and do that. Um, but yeah, you know, start to see behind the scenes. And, uh, oh, it's uh, but it wasn't a career horrible. thing. It wasn't a career thing. It's a little bit different um, because what's unfortunate about this kind of a situation is that. Um, this is impacting people's careers. Like they want right. to come in, want to do this thing. And, you know, you have all of this going on in all these various industries, you know, the Me Too movement. That's what it's all about, right? These people. And that's, yeah. And, it, and to me, it's not just careers, it's life. This is, this is, I mean, I put a post out late last night, early this morning, and it was, we actually did it on the Tinkerers event. And in one hand, I had a weapon. And in the other hand, I had a phone. I'm like, which one's more dangerous? <laughs> Most people actually have figured it out because it's, both, obviously, and arguably the phone these days is much more dangerous. I can not only can I, I, I not only can I take down your reputation, your business, your work, but I can take your life down, and I can leave scars that don't show. And and that's the hardest one to find. And and I think that's, you know, you have people coming into this industry that are vulnerable, that are young, that are you know naive in a very nice way because let's face it, we we're all there once. Mm-hmm. Um, I sure as hell remember looking and going, okay, how do I actually solve the world? I now know how I'm going to do it, which is I've given up with humanity and I'm going to let the machines take over. But, you know, that's another one to be discussed about. Yeah, we're all screwed. Let the machines take over. It's, they can't do any much worse than we've done, let's face it. Um, but it really, they're almost, I mean, we almost need a, you know, a code of ethics. But, you know, I, I having worked with the kids and done a bunch of stuff like innocent lives foundation and a few of the other things you know having had kids you teach that child what's appropriate and what's not appropriate but the whole touch zone thing if somebody has to need to should be touching you in certain parts of your body here's when it's appropriate here's when it's not appropriate we almost need the same thing for people coming into this industry hey here's appropriate behavior introducing you to people challenging you on questions giving you projects to do whatever here's what's not appropriate hey do this project and then as you said rewriting it in such a way that you basically taken the idea and you put it under your name unfortunately i've known several people that have done that it just pisses me off and then it gets worse it's like okay how am i gonna how else can i be oh pity me and all this shit and basically worm your way into their lives in something that is not appropriate 
I know for me, when I first got my start into the industry, it was a uh, very shocking and sobering in a way, kind of kind of counter sobering because the conferences are, you know, an alcohol fest. Like there's just so much drinking, so much partying. And these are like some of the best parties I've ever been to with like DJs and all types of things. It's like hackers are doing these types of things. I, I, I wonder, you know, what what's going on in the mind of especially the, the young people getting into the industry today that are seeing it times 10 that, you know, go to DEF CON, Black Hat, and see like all of these events that are kind of fueled by alcohol. I think that it's a uh, it's a little bit challenging to uh, discourage that type of behavior when we have like all of the alcohol and and drugs that are kind of at these events and conferences. Well, not, not to mention that that all is sparked by the self medicating that's happening in this industry because we don't do enough self care. Mm-hmm. We don't we we don't focus enough on mental health. We don't focus enough on self care. Whether that is um, detaching from work and going for a walk or whatever it is, but you end up um, self medicating with alcohol and drugs, and that that's not a good cycle to go down. But, I mean, think about it as well. So it, it's a balance. I mean, you're talking to somebody who quite, on, I, I'll be perfectly honest, you know, I'll turn up to DEFCON with a ready great big suitcase of whiskey. Um, <laughs> self-medicated, got that cover. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, this industry does attract in a good way. I mean, we. I think what you think, when you think about it, there's so many of us, so many of us in this industry that would not necessarily easily fit into other roles, you know, from an accounting and a finance standpoint, or from anything else. Partly because of how we think, partly because of how we do things, partly because a number of us, let's face it, half of us have got ADD, ADHD, and, and a bunch of other acronyms after their name. That you know, you have two options: you either learn how to deal with it effectively, which is why you'll see squirrels in my things on a regular basis. Or you have to medicate, and it's like, okay, well, I'm doing this. What do I do next? But I mean, this industry is fucking stressful as well. I mean, there's the other right. thing about it as well. I mean, you, yeah. you've got to sit there and go, okay, how the hell do we deal with this? Um, you know, and it, it is that downtime. Defcon definitely, and B sides have <laughs> a good stress relief times. So let's be perfectly honest. I mean, we, we've had to bail out more people and more friends and colleagues than I can think of because it is that desex. Actually, there's an interesting yeah. question from somebody who doesn't drink at conferences. I mean, there is a recognition that there's an issue. No two ways about it. So I'm as careful as I can be, but we still do the whiskey tastings, but we're careful about how we do it. So I think we're more responsible now than we were like 10, 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, you know, with the drink comes all the other challenges that come with it. That's why so many conferences have had to take that step back and go, we don't have a code of conduct policy. We don't have something that does do its best to protect people coming in. Um, and I think as an industry, we need that as well. I think one of the challenges is it shouldn't just be a conference by conference by conference code of conduct. This freaking industry somehow or other needs that code of conduct and there needs to be consequences for when you don't do it. Right. Kind of like the medical Wonder- industry. Do no harm. I, I, was, just, I, yeah. was, gonna, I was literally going to chime in because so far, you know, knock on wood, we haven't really seen, you know, medical industry people taking the tumble like some of these others um, in the Me Too movement. I, I, I haven't really seen it um, I think much. It's, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's not there as much. I think the entertainment industry has 
rightfully so, um, being kicked in the nuts on that one by far and away because, you know, that barrier to entry, to be honest, right. has been the old white guy behind the desk who has the power trip. Well, fast forward to our industry, who's got the fucking power trip? The old, now the older white guys with the keyboards who are up for on start concerts. It's like, you know, quit that shit. We need to get rid. I mean, literally most of us who are the old white guys who are now this, there are a few of us who just probably do need to go and retire at this point in time and look at that next generation and go, do us a favor, try not to screw it up as much as we did. Right. <laughs> we can't have you retire yet. No retiring. I can't. I can't afford it. I mean, having, you know, I've done some good things in this world, but I've also made some stupid cock-ups of which some of them are very, very public. And I've, I've been very careful about it because yeah. I need people to learn, you know, I've signed documents I should never have signed. And that's why I can't retire. Right. So I want to, I want to chime in here real quick with some comments because people are writing some great stuff. So Ben, he, he's always here. There's some of us who don't drink at conferences. For anyone who doesn't want to drink but still hang out, ask around. That's yeah. a really good comment. Um, Katia chimed in. I believe she. Uh, I wrote my mentorship in my ebook and also this blog <laughs> <She is> here. <laughs> freaking awesome. I, you know what? You, the three of you need to come out and hang out. Um, Joanne has got this amazing one. It's Wednesday afternoons, Bridges in Tech. Um, freaking amazing. Just, it's totally cool. Everybody gets to hang out, sit down Wednesday afternoons, whatever. It's like mid, mid late afternoon. And we all just hang out and sit down. Katia's always on this freaking awesome conversations with her. Cool. Oh, Bridges Shameless in plug, yeah. Katia. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, Romy says, I believe anyone can be a mentor. Um, once there is a quality one desires, there is a reason one can request for one to be a, a mentor. However, it's good to have multiple mentors to grow perspectives and opportunities. Just having more than one doctor to get a different opinion about a procedure. That's so true. This this comment is vital. This is so vital. I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying about the whole taking someone under your wing or going under someone's wing. You need to have more than one mentor. I think a lot of people really want a life mentor. They want someone that can give them all the answers to all their questions. Some people can give some answers, but they might not be right. So I think that this is really important because that's what leads to diversity and thought and diversity and, you know, who's in your circle. And, and that's yeah. something that I've done. Um, Chris was one is one of my early mentors in the, into the industry. But uh, since then, I've gotten numerous other ones. <laughs> I don't know that guy. <laughs> this is mentor to everyone. Jupiter Black says whiskey and coffee helps. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, but Chris is right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it definitely is one of those things where when you come into this, I think so many of us are approachable. I think part of the other challenge is we have to be approachable. Uh, and, you know, I know it, what's interesting. I've actually tested it a couple of times. There are some of my peers in this industry who I've thrown a LinkedIn connection out to and they haven't been connected to. And I'm like, okay, I get the logic, but uh, maybe I have pissed you off and you just haven't told me or not, which I don't think so. But there are some people, I think, who we almost need to chunk out some of our time and go, look, I'm going to spend this amount of time not doing my shit in the industry. I'm just going to spend it answering questions, doing whatever I can. Mm -hmm. And to do that, I'm just going to accept. I mean, I'm, I will still do my best to curate a lot of my people that I linked in with, but I'll link in with almost anybody because there was somebody the other day who's like, they're, they're out fucking selling, they're out doing something else completely out of this industry but they want to know about this industry. And I'm like, yeah, just ask questions. I'll answer them as quickly as I can. It might take me a week to get to some of this stuff, 
but I'll answer them. And by the way, if it's on the first page of Google, I'm going to yell at you, then I'm going to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Marvin Powell says, when I teach this to professionals, I always tell them to never ask this question, quote, will you be my mentor? It's much easier to ask for help with a specific problem. It makes it easier for your possible mentor to start to enjoy a relationship with you. Yes. Um, Yeah comment. JJ says mentors should tell others to manage expectations when trying to break into the industry and apply their efforts in the correct manner. Aiming too high, too fast is not advisable. Um, I uh, want to add... That. Go, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I, I have a couple a couple points that, that came up that I want to talk about. So that's an interesting one. Um, you know, can you... Can, <sighs> I actually want people to aim high. I want people to fix this industry. I want people to get rid of passwords. I want people to tell me how they can educate 7 billion people on this planet, how to fix it. I want that. I want somebody to come in and challenge the norms. I want somebody, yeah, the status quo. I want somebody to go, why the fuck are you using a firewall? I've got this really cool idea for something that will do it because that might be the one very person, it's a perfect example. So one of the best theoretical mathematicians um, in of our modern times, is from India. That person has no formal background in advanced and pure theoretical mathematics, but just purely by whatever fluke of chance, their brain cells have glued together in such a way that at some point in time in their life, mid late 20s or something, they suddenly, it was that sudden like, why am I doing this when I see all these challenges in this industry? And to the person's credit, they managed to get into the industry. They had a mentor which was like, holy shit, I'm not just going to start you off at two plus two equals. I'm just going to let you go. And they, I'm one of the best theoretical mathematicians out here at the moment, just absolutely freaking amazing way of thinking about things that is absolutely challenges the norm. So shoot for the fucking stars, aim for the damn things. We'll do what we can to help you. 100%. And, and don't get discouraged if you don't, if you, if you aim for Mars and you land on the moon, that's still a really good thing. I think that's, uh, that leads to a lot of progression in the field, all types of fields. Yeah. I mean, you're doing better than NASA and SpaceX. Let's face it. <laughs> Right. I want JJ on here just so he could come with his beard and Chris could come with his beard and we're going to have like the beard wars. Yeah. You know what, you're invited. Beard. You're invited on the next podcast. We need Jack. If, we, if we're doing oh, yeah. If, if, yeah. None of us. None of us hold a candle to him. <laughs> Who has yeah. the coolest beard? Okay, Jupiter Black. I found that I find out that with all my tactical and situational training from the Army Cyber Realm, it's easy to come into. It's like being introverted um, to a little mad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, one of the things that I think is like one of the biggest challenges here, um, and I think this leads to why so many people ask to like, how can I how can I be mentored? How can you get me into the industry? I think the bigger, bigger issue is the lack of entry level positions, the lack of really being able to have a way or I don't know if it's a, a it's entry level. Like, what's the gateway? Like, what is the, yeah, the, the pathway word. in? like the real pathway or or multiple pathways but i feel like people struggle so much and ask for mentorship so so much because it's just so hard to break into the industry because there's unrealistic well i I think the other part of it is well we've got um, there's there's a couple of different things going on here unrealistic unrealistic expectations are set perfect example 
somebody put the Kubernetes thing on there. You know, junior intern person needs 12 years worth of experience. I mean, number one, that's got to happen. But number two, <laughs> it's only been around for like five, six, seven, eight years. How the fuck do you have 12 years experience? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, you bunch of dingleberries. Here's the problem. I'm not going to blame HR for that. You, We can't blame HR for that. Because HR will have taken, potentially, HR will have taken directive from IT. And IT's like, I'm too busy. To do. Just just do me a favor. Go find me somebody. Well, what am I looking for? Uh, just I need somebody that can do my job. I need somebody next to me. And so the poor person's gone out there on Google, you know, what's the pain in the ass geek do? And then up comes a kind of a job description. And they post it out there. And so you end up with this lack of communication between HR and IT the lack of understanding maybe about the realistic situation that we have in the industry. So you end up with this stupid shit that gets sent out there. You know, junior SOC analyst must have CISSP. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, you dumbass? Right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's just stupid shit like that, that we have to help somehow or other. We've got to call it out, re-educate, and, and you've got to, again, it's got to be the IT folks and the business sitting down, understanding expectations, realizing you're not going to get your purple unicorn right off the bat. And maybe <laughs> what you need is actually to go find somebody who will do an apprenticeship. I mean, there's a couple of amazing people out there who talk about doing apprenticeships. Um, I'll grab the, the name. Yeah, you're one. There was the, <laughs> He's I, like I mean, the apprenticeship man. Well, there's, do you, have you had, oh God, I keep talking for a second. I've got, I, I love having LinkedIn. I'm useless with names, but... <laughs> There is well the thing the the executive order that came out last week you know part of that whole um, part of what yes. came out of that was around skills and the apprenticeship program and one of the things in this administration right now is really trying to foster a bigger apprenticeship program across multiple um, fields and I had done some some due diligence behind the executive order. Um, that came out and there was like the CEO of IBM, the CEO of Siemens, the CEO of Lockheed Martin, like all of these different um, Apple CEO, Tim Cook was on a part of that committee. And everyone was kind of one of the pathways and they, they kept, they brought up cybersecurity a few times. One of the pathways was through apprenticeship programs. And I believe IBM's coming out with a website or something in a couple months, but they said they had I don't want to misquote the number, but a large amount of apprentice um, ship, apprenticeships going on, um, a lot in the, in the security space. So, Chris, all of the talking that you've been doing on this podcast is getting to the CEOs of IBM. <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's it, you know clearly we have to close this gap. Like, and there are people who are begging to break in. And it's frustrating. I know I can, I, we feel their pain. You know, this is why Chris and I are on here five days a week because they're struggling, <laughs> you know, like trying to get in, right? And then you can't, we have really truly who's, who, the people with the decision-making power, Chris Roberts, can <laughs> make, the, <laughs> make the transition, talk to your peers and get them to start creating jobs that people can actually go into and have zero to two years experience, which is what entry level truly is. Let the only know. place that I've ever worked with true entry level has been startups. I'm not sure if, you know, the, the big companies are 
thinking like this, no. but uh, Renee, are, are they, or is there yes. big companies like IBM that so, bring in truly new grads with zero experience for technical they positions? Do. They absolutely do. So big, large companies, most of the experience that I have has been in these big, large, mostly financial services industries, big, large companies. And they actually are the ones that kind of, I think, have should be taking the lead on this because they have the capacity. They have a 200 or 300 person security. I think AT&T security department is like 600 people. They have these huge security departments. So you have that built-in cushion to be able to bring in 30 interns, 40 interns, whatever it is, you know, and then groom them and then step them into that zero to two year experience role um, and have groups of interns. I mean, when, when I was working at Freddie Mac, they would bring in quite a few interns, quite a few interns every year. And many of them got converted to full-time employees. And so you had a pipeline, you know, they came in through different, you know, so there was like the identity access management at the time and um, threat and vulnerability management, all the different groups. And so interns, you had a couple of interns in each group and then, you know, some stayed and they became, you know, the junior analysts and then got the promotions or whatever, or they moved on. But the bigger companies are doing this. Um, I'm seeing like the some sometimes and I and I get that the smaller companies might not have the budget and can't, right? Because if you have a little teeny security department, you are trying to get the purple squirrel because you have like one check. <laughs> but the bigger companies need to be doing more of it. They need to be, you know, really, really building out these pipelines so that interns can get in, people can get in through apprenticeship programs, people can get in through different pathways because if you have 600 people in your department, you can you can bring in some junior people. Like nothing's gonna break. <laughs> nothing's gonna break. Uh, and I think that's part of it. Now the challenge is is removing some of those barriers to entry. I mean, we all know you know the fun interview process at like Google and Apple is 12 different people of which 11 and a half of them have to agree that you know over three months and 11 and a half of them have to agree. Get rid of that shit. You know yeah. that's the intensive. I found uh, Tony Bryan. Have you have you folks talked to him at all? No, right. I don't think so. Get him on the show so. at some point in time. Tony, if you're listening, and if you're not listening, I've got your bloody LinkedIn profile up at the moment. <laughs> um, get Tony Bryan on. He actually does a really, really nice job of um, he's doing a lot of stuff like Army veterans, bringing them out, not using their, helping them to use their GI Bill, but bringing a bunch of folks in into the industry from the internal ship. He runs CyberUp, which is it's, it's all the apprenticeship side of the world. Wait, um, we have I, him? Yeah, we had him on. Me and you, Renee. We had him oh, on. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Not this, not this show, but the two of us together. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's um, another one that's pushing the whole intern side of the world, or apprenticeship side of the world, and it's it's yeah. actually fantastic to see. Because um, I mean, you really do need that. A lot of those barriers to entry need to go down, and then honestly, from the intern standpoint. I think they need to, it's back to that self-motivation thing. It's like, okay, if you are looking at going this route, what do you need to do? Well, you know, run a couple of virtual machines, break shit on your own time, test, play, ask questions. You know, there's so many free resources out there to actually get your own, you know, when it says, hey, you need to have some experience, that experience doesn't mean it's a handover, pay money. It means maybe you've gone out and volunteered at B-Sites. Maybe you've gone out and done Bug Crowd, Hack One, all those other ones. Maybe it means that you spend your evenings tinkering. You know, you've, you've taken and embraced really what is a hacker, which is somebody who tinkers. 
and and you've taken that time you've understood some coding languages on your own you've understood how computers talk amongst them you've got you just gone out there and you just figured some shit out uh, yeah I, I think we talked about that a, a few weeks ago uh between the three of us about like having that experience whether it's on the job or not and then highlighting that to whoever's going to be looking at your resume you know if you've been tinkering around and you leave that out it's a huge detriment because how is someone going to know that you're in your lab or at your house tinkering day in and day out? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. one of one the kind of to jump back to the entry level role, um, I, I have to give this this company um, some credit. Jonathan R. from um, IHS yeah. Market, they they posted an amazing um, job description for a junior security engineer, literally zero to two years listed for the experience. And everything in there was, hey, we just want you to have curiosity. We want you to have passion. We want you to know a little bit about these areas, like how they work, but we're not expecting 12 years of Kubernetes. And it's just amazing to see that it's catching on uh, slowly but surely. But uh, we we have to give companies credit for for doing things like that. Yeah. What do you do when out. those companies are geographically spread out? Do you move? Do you ask for a mode if you're entry level? How do you how do you play your cards there? I, I think you can this do one remote. Was remote. Yeah, I think you can do. I mean, again, we're in a let's face it, we're in a situation now where so much work is still being done remotely. We so many companies have had to pivot. Um, to do the remote stuff. I mean, there's there's an organization that I'm still working with for another couple of weeks where they're primarily based up in Canada. They've got U.S. presence, but we've got a number of folks in the U.S. working with them and for them. And, you know, to their credit, they've actually got a decent way of doing remote setup. You know, they've got good communications remote. They've got good ways of supply chain remote. And, but again, it, you know, if you're mentoring somebody in the industry, it's like, okay, let's set this up. There's ways of doing it. We all know we can do it. And so it's a matter of going, okay, let's just figure this out. Let's, let's figure shit out. And then I think the other thing that's a huge part of this, one of the one of the first questions I've always asked when I'm mentoring is, look, we all learn differently. How do you learn? Do you want to jump on a conference call? Do you want me to throw some media at you? Do you want to go watch something? What's the way that you absorb information? Yeah. Chris asks that all the time. Um points here. Rapid7 has a great onboarding program that many can use as inspiration. Having eight weeks to train and get people ready for the work will increase loyalty and confidence in the employee. PwC used to have something similar where they would take people with all different types of backgrounds. Like you could have a music degree, a psychology degree, like whatever kind of degree, put you through a boot camp. You know, they did that. I'm assuming they did assessments and stuff on the front end and then put people through kind of like a boot camp to get you your your different certifications and things like that. Um, and these were for folks out of college, uh, which brings me to another point about the college discussion that we had last week in the skills. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up was that if you are in college, like to me, what these university programs should be providing is the structured um, or are the projects that the students should be doing hands-on while they're in these programs and internships and ex- externships so that they have a little bit of 
um, experience so that when they interview, they have something, you know, we don't expect them to have everything. We do expect you to be able to be curious and go out there on your own. And some, you know, but some of that to me should be baked into these programs. And it's what's fascinating. What I've been looking at are the different programs, like certain programs, people get snapped up. Like they, they got three, four, five, six offers, other programs, none. Yeah. So, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect there, too, when it comes to, you know, going and getting that formal education. Um, yeah, the formal, edu- <laughs> the formal education one's an interesting one. That's I mean, yeah, I left school when I was 16. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, you know, we all take I think this is one of those big things. We all take different routes into this industry. And I think that's that's something, again, as people in the industry we need to be helping hr teams legal finance and whoever has that decision making capability for bringing people into the company we've got to be helping them we've got to be helping them understand that you know there are different ways of looking at i i was i got hit up with something the other day that um there's a space case study somebody wants me to submit in for which is uh basically rapid solicitation for academic research and case studies for the space industry. I might know a thing or two about shit up in space. But one of the funny things about this is they want a master's degree or higher in space focused discipline to be able to submit you. I'm like, fuck it out of here. Um, So I shot a message and it's a general, you know, it's a multi-star bugger on this one. And thankfully I I got an amazing and another amazing person who you need to have on the show if she's not already been on here is JJ Snow. Um, no, we haven't had her on yet, but oh, um, I know who she is. Yeah, JJ is amazing. Um, She's just freaking amazing person. Uh, really another person you need to put on the hit list for the show. <laughs> I got a hold of her. She's like, yeah, it's you. We'll make the exception. Let's face it. Um, was kind of like the general thing. And she, and I'm like, okay, but it needs to be stated out there. You, you don't want to put that barrier of entry up to people right off the bat. You know, say, hey, look, we'll take yeah. ideas from everybody for crying out loud. I think it it kind of goes back to uh, what Chris, well, what both Chris's were saying. It really depends on how you learn it. That's going to determine whether or not you should get your degree. For me, I do not learn well in a classroom. I learn best by videos. I need someone speaking at me and I need to be speaking back at them. That's the best way for me to learn. But some people, I think for those that learn well through instructional and through books and through and through structure, I think degrees are a really awesome way to go. But I think it just really depends on how you learn. Cyber is a n- yeah. nice alternative to those that need um, the videos and the text, and they can do the self-study um, because there's a, a variety of content. So you could figure out what in the industry you want to do. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good approach. Um, I wanted to talk about one of the comments that just went by. It had to do with yeah. apprentices in DC, not re- without clearances, but Uh, To the government's credit, they do a lot of apprenticeships um, and internships where they grant those people the clearance needed to work in those areas. So for the high school students that sign up for those, they end up getting that clearance before they go to college. And they're they're almost set for life when it comes to that. Um, There might not be as many or it might not be as widely published publicized as the private sector but there are opportunities out there that's true they were they were definitely in my high school recruiting every like six months begging you know hey 
go to the government route and you know don't don't do anything crazy just work here and start your internship at 16 <laughs> don't go to death <laughs> <Don't vote>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> once get you get you young once you get old and gray, you can do stupid shit and they still come to the door and go, hey, can we have a conversation? Yeah. No, but you're right. I think I, I think we are all kind of saying the same thing. Like for cer- certain people need different paths. And, um, you know, some of us are very, very, uh, you know, we, we're focused and we're aggressive teenagers and we want to get out there. We want to get things done and we can have that focus. But some of us don't. And some kids and some, you know, people as a whole need some kind of structure and some kind of path. So providing all the different options, like, you know, that's why I said, I, I think that the executive order is great. Like, you know, definitely providing the different options for people who come into paths in different ways. So for that person, for the young Chris who's 16, who's like, this is what I'm doing. I'm hacking into people's lives, <laughs> you know, versus, you know, somebody else that has to they need more structure they need you know the parent is like hey do something they're playing video games all day it's like okay well let's get you into this you know uh, boot camp let's get you into this two-year program you know something so so that was my point there here's another another interesting one and actually goes to marvin's point which i at this point in time in our industry i don't want to see many more cyber degrees coming in I want to see people coming in with something on the psychology side of the world. I want to see people coming in with communication degrees. I want to see people coming in with business degrees into our industry. I want, you know, and people who come in that have studied humans. You know, I want people that have come in. We talk about diversity in this industry. So somebody who's maybe come in and looked at ethnicity in the, uh, you know, global, you know, how did humans spread across the planet? Somebody with a geography background, all of that. I want that in this industry. Because again, it's not just, I don't want to just see diversity. I, I actually, I care about that, but I actually care about that less. I want diversity of thought. That's honestly what's going to kill us. Diversity of race, color, creed, orientation is needed, and it does bring with it the diversity of thought. But I think, honestly, I need to see more diversity up here. Because if you think where we're going as an industry, you think about intelligent designs, you think about the stuff we're building with actual artificial intelligence, it's that diversity of thought that is what we have to have in those programs and in those systems that eventually will be making decisions for us. So I want that. And that comes from multicultural diversity. It comes from thought that I want people who have got fuck all to do with this industry having an input. I want somebody who's just come off of welding up a ship or I want somebody who, I mean, I just linked in with somebody who's over in Africa studying butterflies. She's got nothing to do with our industry. She's freaking amazing. But I want her diversity of thought because at some point we're going to be building a program which is going to influence her. And I want her thoughts in this, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 100%. And we're, we're getting into, I'll oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, we're getting into more of a connected world. Like we're seeing more and more devices and technology connected together. So I think that diversity and thought is so crucial. Now that we're in the medical space, we need people that understand medicine and understand the implications of these devices and how they interact with the people that they're helping or could hurt, you know, 
influencing our practitioners and leaders and also startups uh, in the industry. Yeah. And Chris and I, we okay. would, I mean, I think we used to talk about diversity of thought probably three, t- like every, on every podcast. <laughs> That's all we would talk about, you know, like making sure that we had to, you know, to Chris's exact point. This is this is a topic of, uh, we've had this topic, you know, we talk about this all the time. And I bring it up very often being, you know, being in recruiting and seeing all the different people that come through. And sometimes you can have two people that look exactly the same on paper. I could have two Rons, I could have two, you know, African-American men, I could have two white men, I could have two people that look exactly the same, you know, on the surface, but then beneath that, there's so much going on. And so Chris and I, we talk about this all the time in terms of um, having diversity of thought because that's where the real ideas come in. That's mm-hmm. when you, you're, you're not even thinking. I tell my story all the time, coming out of HR, going into security, and I was just like, why aren't y'all partnering with HR? We know where all the bones are buried. We know the disgruntled employee. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And nobody, they were looking at me like I have four heads. And it was just crystal clear to me. I was like, why, why are we doing this? And uh, the VP, he was just like, run with it, <laughs> you know, go with it. But it was yeah. because I was bringing in that different perspective. So... And the threat actors and criminal groups are doing the same thing. Don't think that oh, you're yes. not combining the, the grifters with those that can um, break into a building, with those that can social engineer someone. You're finding all the different skill sets and you're bringing them into their group, their gang, their um, government branch that does this. Like, that's what they do. So if we're if we on the private side are not doing the same thing, we're at a disadvantage specifically for that. I think it's, there's a group I belong to out in the Middle East, uh, 971. And it's kind of like, you know, we have three or three over here and a bunch of the other ones, but it's amazing to look at the different focuses, the different ways of looking at it, the different thoughts involved in it. Um, and I love it because of that, because it gives an entirely different perspective. And so often it's one that I've, you know, it's been at the back of the head, I've kind of half thought about, or maybe even haven't, absolutely, just, just not even been on the damn radar. And all of a sudden you're like, huh, didn't think about it that way. We need that. I mean, to Ronald's point, I mean, you've got, we are, we're, we're charging headlong into to, to the healthcare field. You know, we are, I gave a lecture uh, in Oslo, remote in Oslo uh, a couple of weeks ago when I'm talking about all the embedded tech and all the, the pills that we're putting in the into, in the intelligent architecture that we're building into the body. And yes, the healthcare field is looking at it, but let's face it, the person who's coding that, the chances are they've been coding other things in a normal other field for the last 20 years, and they don't think about the potential impact and implications of their code literally being inside somebody's body and what that could or couldn't do. So there's some, also some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Totally. A um, couple more comments coming through here. Three things that I suggest all the types uh, for this so-called skills gap. One, people need to use the NIST 800-181 publication to know how to use everyone's transferable skills. The HR hiring managers and the person in that role need to actually sit down and write the job description. The resources are there. We just don't use them. Is that cut to you again? Okay. Yeah, oh, and pay me to do the work. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) She is hilarious. Oh, my God. The limits for new grads. 
that's that's good i mean it's there we did a, a whole thing on comptia she did an amazing presentation again bridges in tech like two two weeks or three weeks ago did this amazing presentation and and compl- i'm assuming it's ellis but if it isn't i apologize um yeah just did this amazing talk and i mean everything's there the bloody resources are there to do it to bring in the apprentices to bring in the juniors and all this again we're not using it we have the capability yeah. to so again communication yeah. skills Thinking is hard. And, and again, it, yeah, I mean, like you think about. Truth. It's so fucking true. Yeah. You know, you think about a leader, you think about a CISO or a VP of security or somebody who's, you know, juggling 75 different things to to break off and do this other thing. You know, it it it's a self-fulfilling like chicken egg situation. Like if I don't do it, we're not going to have anybody in the industry. If I do it, <laughs> I might lose my job. <laughs> I don't have time. So, um the limits for somebody else says go ahead chris no so you you just you have to force yourself you've got to make the time i mean it's my calendar for all the craziness that i am my calendar is stupidly organized and mm-hmm. i break i mean my day i my day normally when i'm not doing 4 a.m in the morning shit my day starts at 8 30 and then i go from nine till six i take a break from six at night until nine at night and then i'm back at work at nine at night till about two o'clock in the morning and every single hour is blocked out for something that I should be focusing on. And sometimes that's work related. Sometimes that's, you know, the mentoring stuff and LinkedIn stuff, but it's blocked out deliberately Monday through Friday, Saturdays off Sunday afternoons, catch up again. Yep. Love that intention. So, <laughs> so vital. I couldn't yeah. live without that. I, I tried so hard to just do my best, but when you get organized and you understand, all right, what do I want to do my best at? How can I focus my energy towards what matters most? And if it's hiring, you need to sit down with that uh, person that's writing the rec and really think. And it's it's hard. It's annoying. And it takes time. You might have to go back three different times and do it again. But you will get, you know, the best results when you put a little intention behind it. Totally. Very true. Um, Cal, it, I know we're at the top of the hour. What is what is it like for everybody? Can we hang out for a little bit longer, or does everyone have to go? You got me Ron? so good. I'm here. I'm okay. here for you, Chris. I'm good. Let's go. All right, cool. All right. So the limits of new grads and entry level are limiting. I graduated four years ago. If I haven't had a full time job in my field, am I still entry level? Am I still a new grad? If my self educated experience doesn't count, I should still be one, or should I still be one? No, I I mean, if you have experience in the field by volunteering or by doing self projects, anything that you can talk to a manager about and show that you, you know, your shit, you shouldn't be an entry level person anymore. Um, An entry level person really is someone that they might be curious about something, but they they don't know how it functions. They're still learning. But if you've learned it and you can show that you have uh, in-depth understanding of it, I, I, I wouldn't consider you, consider you entry level anymore. The other catch-all bucket for that one, I hate to say it, is one that I use a bunch, which is researcher. You know, your research. I mean, I I do. I mean, that I got like more fucking research projects going than I care to think about. Again, bad thing about having squirrels is you know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did it to me last night. We're sitting talking about something last night, and all of a sudden they start talking about what would happen if you reverse the polarity on an MRI machine and release the the release the helium. I'm like, ooh, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so who spent, who spent until we finished the shit show, which was at 11 o'clock at night, until four in the morning, I did a little bit of stuff on, on LinkedIn and a post or whatever, and then spent three hours literally researching reversing polarity on freaking MRI machines. Figured it out, got the code sorted out, realized that it's a really bad thing to do, but it's easy enough to do, especially when it's GE and user ID GE, password GE. <laughs> Dumbasses. You know, and, and then I'm like, no shit, oh, because it's up to the company to change them. I'm like, you assholes. So anyway, I mean, that that's a researcher. Am I going to put on there that I've done research in the healthcare field? Yeah, fuck it. I, I, I mean, because now I can walk in there and go, hey, Here's what I can do. Here's what I can break. Here's how I can fix it. Here's the controls. Here's the issues. Here's how we would map to MITRE. And basically, here's how to mitigate these issues. That's a conversation you could have with somebody in the healthcare field. And they'd be like, actually, yeah, you know some shit. Yeah. Doesn't take yeah. out, doesn't take that much effort. So Claudia wants you back. Bring him on again. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back, bring him back. Tyrone says, as one who went through the quote, first cyber job journey struggle, I can't re reiterate enough, network persistence, network persistence, and do not succumb to the discouragement mm -hmm. from quote, you were not selected decisions. If it takes meticulously applying for 50 jobs a week, then do so and continue learning on your own time. This is a path, not the path to getting that first job. Yeah, I, I still get that. Right. I, I went for a couple of jobs as I was leaving the Ativo side of the world, there were a couple of companies I had a conversation with. Um, and uh, yeah, I got the, I, I, I mean, I tend to, I don't tend to put myself in those situations anymore, but the rejection for me a lot of times now is conferences. I mean, I'll still, I'll, there are conferences I'm very fortunate. I just, people are like, hey, get your ass on. We need to have a conversation with you. But there are some I still apply to, and I, I've, I have my fair share of rejection letters. You know, you're a little strange and love sucks and kisses, but please don't talk about this. Well, you know what, Chris, you bring up a really good point because I talk about this all the time, being on the HR side and seeing like all the different dynamics that happen when a person gets turned down for a job. And 90% of the time, it has absolutely nothing to do with them as an individual. Right. You know, and I keep telling people all the time, like you're talking culture fit, you're talking, there's so many pieces. Like I tell this one story about my former boss, awesome, awesome person. He wanted us, we were going to hire somebody for a team, for this team. And we had all of these really seasoned, like the, these people could do the job inside and out. But we had two people who were really, you know, they would butt heads all the time. And some of these other people that were coming in that were, that were, they were perfect on paper. They could do the job. But I would say to him, I was like, you want another person? Like, like <laughs> you want three people butting heads? You yeah. know, and it was purely the fit of the team. So we ended up going with college grad, you know, and all these people do the work, whatever. But college grad and everything. And he said to me afterwards, he said, you know, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Like I didn't even think about it from that, from that way, but like the team dynamics. So I say to people all the time, like how, how Chris, you just said, look, you're kind of weird. What, like you're not going to fit with these people. <laughs> this is going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. And that's a right. good thing for both sides. 
you don't want to be in there where you don't fit in and they don't want, you know, you, you just don't want to be in that situation. So I tell people all the time, like, do not take any of it personally, go in there, do your best, you know, do your research, you know, don't show up and, and think, don't not do your research, but don't take this stuff personally because there's so many factors that go into hiring decisions. Um, and that fit piece is a big, big piece. But it's tough though because, you know, I since it, since leaving Ativo, I'm like, okay, I'm just I'm gonna go back out and do my own thing again. You know, do the consulting thing and touch wood. You know, I'm fortunate <laughs> enough that it's obviously working enough. I'm putting food on the table, but it scares the crap out of me every single day. And there is definitely something to be said for you know sheltering inside a larger organization. I mean, somebody hit me up and said, "Hey, we we are we're building this BCSO, not a VCSO, but a BCSO. What the hell it is? But it was a BCSO for a very large financial <laughs> institution." They're like, "Oh, we'd love you to come and hang out." There is a huge temptation to go down that direction and to change who you are mm-hmm. to fit into that role for a paycheck every two weeks or you know twice a month for medical and healthcare insurance that you don't have to go out and find yourself. And, 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 I mean, there's, there's comfort in that, but then quite honestly, you know, I, I've done it a couple of times, but I've also had to then take a step back and I did it this time. And I looked in the mirror and I'm very much a case of like, is this who you are? Is this who you want to be? Is this where you want to be? Or is it going to come six to 12 months down the line? And you're going to look in the mirror and go, what the hell did I do? And why didn't I take that step out again? You know, it's an imposter syndrome. Why do I not feel I'm good enough to be able to go out and you know, sell myself by the pound, basically, which is, let's face it, which is what consulting and VC sewing is. It's you selling yourself by the pound. Um, yeah. And so it, it's tough. Even, yeah, I mean, I've got more years into this bloody industry than I care to think about, but it still scares the crap out of me. Right. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, Marvin Powell, I think we need to bring him on the show. Right. He has some really great comments. <laughs> Just encouraged a protege to volunteer with a larger con- organization, and that led them to a relationship, experience, and boom, a contract. And then he makes another comment here, and he says, um, don't wait for organizations or the industry to catch up. All of you are smart enough to jump into the gig economy um, and get your careers going. So uh, he's, to- talking he's talking about, about, totally, totally right on that one. It's, I mean, that is it. You think, okay, so another perfect example on this one. You think about how many small to medium businesses do not have a dedicated IT person, let alone somebody on the security side of the world. If you're coming into this field and at least you've got an idea as to what, you know, uh, a good a good security framework is, you know, NIST, ISO, take your pick, whichever one you want to use. You've got a good idea what MITRE is and you know the generals you can probably add value to even those small to medium companies. You can go out and maybe for a retainer of a thousand bucks a month or something like that, or 500 bucks a month, you get three or four or five or six or seven or eight other small to medium business going. All of a sudden, you suddenly find your skills gap, your skill set has to go up really fast because you're helping them. So you've got a bunch of self studying to do. You're getting money to put food on the table, you're getting experience, you're getting the knowledge. and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm managing all these clients. I get it. And maybe I have to have, and all of a sudden you suddenly you're like, holy shit, I've got my own little small business going, just managing a dozen, half a dozen, a couple of dozen companies. That's invaluable. So people are talking about degrees. There are a couple of degree comments on here. The reason why I chose (laughs) UMUC 
the programs they have various organizations in the DMV that that they get recruits out of. Um, and yep. he also says, I learned all my stuff through YouTube, LOL college. <laughs> Look, he's on YouTube now. What's up, Jupiter? <laughs> That's awesome. That college awesome. was a waste. I cannot say I did, I did a lot of fun stuff in college. Um, and then someone said, college has mentioned how about helping others who are not degreed recently. So we talked, we've been talking about that. Um, and then Romy makes the big comment oh here. Oh my gosh, that's a hell of a... Uh, getting, uh, yeah, taking over the whole thing. So I will take it off. I'll just read it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm going to hide it and just read it. Uh, getting a college degree. I listened into the podcast on that. There's a lot of discipline and principle that most get in college degrees and journeys. Those principles are pretty much for all students, but some get distracted on the challenges, parties, me, mm -hmm. parties, etc. <laughs> so <laughs> the values... Some helping with communicate some 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 of the values that come out of it help with communication, understanding office politics, collaborative skills, paying attention to projects, and identifying solutions. Again, most learn differently in education through the school system, and he goes on and on. But well, me good, valid point. I think that brings up so again, right. you know, it's we go back to it, and I talk about it on conferences. Um, and like we're broken. I mean, let's be honest. As a secure as security is an industry, we're broken. And I'll argue that with anybody all flipping day. You know, we we spent 124-ish billion dollars last year in our industry, and we've done an amazing job at losing everybody's data a few times over. So congratulations, <laughs> we failed. Um, and so it's like, okay, why have we failed? And then so many people are like, oh, it's a technology thing. No, actually, it isn't. Congratulations, it's humans. You know, mm -hmm. we fundamentally, <laughs> and yeah, you go back to people, process, and technology. We've absolutely ignored the people. We've kind of skirted around process in most cases because it involves paperwork and we don't like paperwork. And we've gone straight for technology as being the savior. And guess what? It isn't because we don't have the people. We sure as hell have missed the processes. So then you have to take a step back from the technology aspect and you go back to the human. So cooperation, collaboration, communication, and all those four or five C's that are out there that have got absolutely nothing to do with technology and that's what we're you know when we start we go back to the resumes we go back to hr we go back to technology we go back to the people in the industry and go look this is what we need we need more people who understand communication skills or at least can demonstrate them i don't give a shit if you got your cissp what i care about is you can talk to me in plain simple english because that's what i need to know that you can do to every single user and person that you have to interact with or whatever language is your is your home language. Not to mention, you need to be able to communicate with the business because if you don't <laughs> yeah. understand what the business wants, what the business does, all your security solutions can hurt the business. And if you hurt the business and they can't they cannot do business, then you don't have a job. Yeah, one hundred. That was uh, <laughs> definitely my early yeah my early mistake was not understanding the business i was so into the technology like i really loved like turning the knobs and tuning things and trying to find indicators and feeds and and data sources but i didn't understand what impact that could provide the business and without that i wasn't really moving anywhere in my career for quite some time just because i was just so heavily focused on just the technology aspects 
I think we've all made them. I mean, it's not a mistake. I think we were all there. I know, I sure as hell know I was. I, hell, in some ways I still am. I'm like, oh, squirrels! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other piece of shiny that's shit to take to pieces. I just... Shiny things, yep. Shiny shit. I just... Verizon I just hit me up. Verizon just hit me up. They're like, hey, because you, because we just added somebody else into the company. They're like, hey, because, you know, you just had a new phone line. You... You, you, uh, I could go out to Amazon and get a free Echo and a free Echo plug. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. That's coming into the house. It's going in the Faraday case. That shit's getting taken to pieces. I am going to piss off that, that little googly Amazon y home piece of shit. I am going to have that thing singing so badly. It's going on YouTube itself at some point. You give me free shiny shit. I'm breaking it. <laughs> Jupiter Black says, what I see cyber is more social psyops or human brain or Lewin's theory of human behavior. Yeah. Well, that's what it should be. That's, uh, you know, that's to Ronald's point. I mean, we we really have, because everybody tells us that the next password generator will fix the problem because this antivirus will fix the problem because this firewall will fix the problem. We've said it ourselves. We've walked into the business and gone, hey, if you buy me a new IDS IPS or this endpoint shit that everybody's now running around going, hey, we need endpoint. No, you don't. You don't need clown strike. You don't need dog nuts trace. You just need to get the fucking people <laughs> sorted out. I mean, seriously, fix the fucking people. Especially because uh, a lot of like a lot of those technologies were designed by AI, and if do not get me started on AI and that shit. <laughs> do not get me started on what we call okay, your AI. Oh, Alto, Matt, you've got to close your ears for a second. (laughs) Until your AI wakes up in the morning, demands a cup of tea, tells you that you smell because you haven't showered, gets pissed off because it's only Monday and it's not Friday, argues with you that it doesn't want to get out of bed because it's wet. It's not fucking AI. It's nothing more than somebody's coded some some extraneous algorithms onto their damn machine code and crossed their fingers and hoped for the best. Just because it's got fuzzy language, it ain't fucking AI. <laughs> well, not to mention, um, the people that are coding them are people. They make mistakes. And if you they're don't have diversity marketing. of thought... They're called marketing. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. We are run... We, our industry is run by marketing. Not only do we need yeah. to take the lawyers out into the field and shoot them all, we need to take the marketing people out and add them into the line pit as well. End of discussion. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Little militant, said, but I don't care. <laughs> I have reached out to many in search of mentors, and it's mostly I am too busy. We can all learn. We can learn all that it is out there and not have guidance. Yet some argue folks in the industry are always willing. Um, and so says, I, I think that goes back to what Chris said earlier. Don't come to them asking me, hey, help me, what do I do? Come to come to them and say, hey, I have this problem. I've tried this, this, and this. And they'll be quicker to answer you because they know what the answer is with what you're saying than a blank sheet of paper. Because you ask me to create something on a blank sheet of paper, it's going to take me six hours. Whereas you tell me this is your problem, I can answer you in a half hour at, at most. A bunch of us, honestly, I mean, Nickerson and I have got a bunch of videos and a bunch of LinkedIn posts. What I'll do with people who ask first off is I'll shoot them there and say, look, do me a favor. Please read through this, go through this. 
hit peer list because peerless has got a ton of good content on it as well read through that and then come back to me with the questions chris exactly to your point yep so he also says i hacked my way from it support to where i am on my own using recruiter job description language and working my resume one step closer to my goal of cybersecurity. um looking for fine tuning so here hey, you are hey, Katia, uh, Seriously, she'll yep. get you fine. Man, she, she will get you fine tuned. You will stand to attention after it, but you will get your ass fine tuned. <laughs> she is awesome. I have so much respect. Charles Caranja says, I am so grateful for my employer who has taken people from different backgrounds and given many of us an opportunity to break into security. Uh, I'm LinkedIn, so, Charles, because I want to see who he works for. Yeah, Charles is over. Um, He's in the UK. He's in the UK. Yeah. yeah. UK. Okay. So is, is he in the UK or Scotland? A telephone. Oh, okay. That's oh, okay. UK. Yeah. All right. Well, this isn't a yep. semi-civilized neck of those. Go to Scotland for crying out loud. Leave England alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Don't go to Scotland unless you're going to vote for Scotland's independence. Otherwise, you can bloody well stay in England. Yeah. <laughs> we love Charles. He was our first person. I say that like every week. He was our first guest. Really? Um, yeah. He was. He was our very first guest almost two years ago. So Jessica says, so happy to hear you all saying this. I wrote an article on needing all kinds of people and minds in this industry. Jessica, you are absolutely right. And then Katia puts her, she said, Chris, yes, the presentation she, she did is live. How to bridge your search into cybersecurity. So there's yeah. the link, folks. <laughs> we got a lot of resources in here i love it <laughs> i love it yeah for all the people looking for mentors Corey, he's up here yo yo hey Corey. <laughs> it's so fun seeing the same you know we see people come back every week it's fun um, we got the the shit show's got a bunch of that we uh so rachel arnold it is is another i yeah. absolutely freaking love her she is almost I gotta come she she's you've got to get her on this she's an absolute who she is somebody again who's <laughs> come into this industry from a very different angle and it's just it's amazing to listen watch and hear the perspective uh, and again i think that comes to a lot of us it's taking that moment to take a step back and listen to we're all charging off kind of in this angle until the squirrels appear at which point it's like woo, you know but we're all charging down this way and i think it's it's on us as well to stop use the two ears we have and listen more effectively sometimes. Yeah. And, and Daniela did a good point. She said she had an internship doing an assessment for a small, medium-sized company. You don't have to wait for them to have an, an offering. You go to them and say, hey, I have this experience. Can I help you do this and claim, use you as a reference on my resume? And, and that's one way to offer, get the experience, and help out a company all at the same time. Yep. But yeah. So true. Chris, if you had to summarize everything we talked about into <laughs> one amazing piece, in one amazing piece of advice for those looking to break in, what would that be? Question more, believe less. Love that. That's that. actually uh, one of the uh, five. Well, there was four agreements and then there was a fifth agreement by this author, Don Miguel Ruiz. It's it's uh, be skeptical, but learn to listen. 
Ooh. Oh, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Good, nice one, yeah. So many good comments today. So much, so much, so much good diversity of thought on this podcast today. Super excited. Chris, thank you so, so much for gracing us. Can we put the comment, (laughs) bring Chris back again? Yes, (laughs) we're going to bring him back. Let all the lawyers and let all that stuff settle first. Make sure that, you know, we don't get yelled at too bad. No, it's an absolute pleasure hanging out. I, I mean, this this collaboration is fantastic and it's needed i mean uh, you know it's somebody hit me up the other day like hey i'm gonna do a podcast on this this and i'm like great more voices more the merrier yes i i love the what i also love about it is you know we're listening in on on bridges and tech is absolutely fantastic because it just gives you so many thoughts and ideas that you can that we can all then take to each other's like conversations my biggest thing, uh, and, and Ryan Ryan keeps saying it, and actually uh, Rachel Arnold, Rachel Arnold has actually got a really good way of putting it, which is to get off of our own island. Um, in IT and in tech, we're really, really good at talking to each other, which I think is part of the problem. We've got to be so much better at getting the hell out of our own island and talking to people outside of our business and our realm and our industry and bringing those people in and going to the... Vet. We basically need to go cake crash everybody else's conferences. Yeah. So... Yeah. I love this, and I love the I, I love the interplay between the various different folks who are, who are obviously much better at doing the podcasting stuff than we than I am. So this is fantastic. I'm absolutely it's just a honest. conversation, <laughs> but it's a good one, and it's a needed one. It's taking you know an hour, hour and a half out of a day to have these conversations that people can then listen to and a go, oh shit, there is hope, and b you know here's what I can ping up from this is 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 so freaking needed. So huge kudos for doing this. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we will bring you back for sure. Chris, do you want to say something before we, we jump? I absolutely nope, love it. Everybody good? We'll, we'll book out All Chris right. for the next couple months. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring it. All the comments are like, bring Chris back. Bring him back. Bring him back. <laughs> Put him on the calendar already. Oh, yeah. Put him yeah, on yeah. the calendar. I'll be honest. So, thank, thank you so, so much for coming on, Chris. I mean, bringing your perspective because of your, you know, the longevity you've had in the industry, all the different things that you've done is so, so, so valuable and needed. And your voice, and, you know, you're so real and you just tell it like it is. And we love that. And so, thank you again for coming on. Thank, thank you, you very, very much, Harvey. All three of you, much, much, much appreciated. Have a wonderful awesome. Friday afternoon, and um, we'll catch everybody on the other side. You all, you too. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. See y'all next week.